What to do with a baby bird by Reddit user fandom underscore soup. My cat bought a baby bird into our house. Bought? It was uninjured. Bought. Okay. Purchased with money. Took out his little cat wallet. (laughs) Probably meant brought. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) My cat bought a baby bird into our house. It was uninjured, but we couldn't find the nest anywhere. My mom is making it some scrambled eggs because my aunt said that's good for it. And we left it in a box with a towel under a heat lamp. But I have no idea what to do with it now. Update. It's eaten the scrambled eggs. Pooped. (laughs) Meaning most likely no internal damage. Ah, because it pooped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's currently sleeping in the box, which we filled with straw. Update. It had some water, and we are leaving it in its box for tonight next to a radiator. Morgan. That's it? That's the whole question? <laughs> That's it. There's two updates. <laughs> it's not lacking in content. That's true. Um, I just think the idea of feeding it a scrambled egg is so funny. I've never, I would have never made the connection that like you should feed a bird baby bird a baby bird a un <laughs> unmade bird goo <laughs> um but yeah the, the pooping yeah. is a good sign the pooping is definitely a good sign because it means that the digestive system is is working um i've I, the only real experience that i have with any relation to this is that i have rabbits and i know that if they're not pooping or eating that's a very bad sign because they're gastrointestinal tract can get stopped up really easily and then it goes into stasis and they just die because of gas buildup. But I don't really know much of the subtleties of taking care of birds. We had parakeets growing up. Well, I want to just say that I think it's fantastic what you're doing and all the effort that's gone into this. And also your cat managing to bring in the bird. Without injuring it, yeah. Without doing any kind of internal damage. It just sounds like a sweet operation you got going over there with your (laughs) mother and cat. And now this bird by the radiator with the box and the straw. Yeah. I think baby birds imprint, right? The first thing that they see and recognize, they determine is their mother and then they love it. And... um. So I don't know if your cat got that privilege or if one of you guys managed to swoop in, but it might love and follow one of you. Um, um, that's what happened on Friends with the little chicks. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm really questioning like what is kind of the long game of this because you just have a bird. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, that that's why get, I meant get a cage. That's why I wanted to know if there was anything more to the question because it's like when do we release it? Like are we keeping it for life? Like what's the goal here? Ah. Uh, what to do with a baby bird? True. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't know if you can release it now. Um Well, not right now. You got to get like because it has no support system because it's out of the nest. There's no mother or anything. You have to probably yeah, take care of it you... until it can fly. You'd have to place it with a family, but how are you going to, doesn't the mother have to teach it how to fly? I don't know if you're going to be able to find a a family that's open to receiving this baby bird. No, there's no like adoption services site for this <laughs> that uh-uh. birds log on to. it would definitely <laughs> be down because of coronavirus right now. Exactly. Right. Like I, I wonder if there's even animal protective services right now um, because that would be my gut instinct i remember once uh with a friend we were driving and there was like a baby owl just sitting in the middle of the road and we stopped and pulled over and uh i think by the time we finally called someone to pick it up it had like you know wandered off or kind of scooted off but yeah Yeah. it's such a fragile it's such a fragile creature so i think just treating it with that in mind um as much as possible until it gets its own strength and independence i don't do do birds just develop those things without any instruction i I have a sense that they require the tutelage of an older bird i think that the mom just knows when it should be able to fly and kind of like pushes it out of the nest maybe that's a narrative that i've heard Mm -hmm. that's not true and some kind of er bird urban legend (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's that's right, but there's there's like watching other birds as well. Mm-hmm. Show um, it some bird videos. 
I would definitely put on bird videos at least to give it the best shot that it's got. I don't know if it's going to take to those. Um, you probably want to get a high frame rate because I've heard that dogs used to see TVs as a series of still images until we uh, upped the frame rate on HDTVs. So only oh, recently, you know, I don't know if bird eyes are like dogs in this way. I would think birds might need um, like a higher refresh rate because they're moving so fast through the sky sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, show videos of other birds flying or put it near a window so it can see. I think the scrambled egg is um, simulating the way that a mama bird chews food. Mm. Like a, a scrambling in the pan is kind of like masticating and then dumping chewed up. It's like a chewed up egg in a sense. Um, yeah. So you might want to mash worms and then give them to the bird. Yeah. Feeding it out of your mouth is optional. This is a long shot, but the real best chance for this bird to have success is for you to find the original nest. Maybe you could put a tile uh, tracker device on the collar <laughs> of your cat and then see what the cat's route is. There could mm. be a nest in a nearby tree. Fascinating um, idea. And then if you could return that bird to the nest. Some people have said that if a bird smells like somebody else, the family will disown it. So maybe you want to put it back in and then watch with binoculars from not too far away to see if... The bird does get disowned by its family, and then you got to take it back in, put it in the box with the straw by the radiator again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Rob, who knew that you had so much bird knowledge, <laughs> immature bird care knowledge? Uh, I'm, I'm freestyling with this. I, I can't. My confidence level in this advice is relatively low compared to most advice that I give. I'll say that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think we're all just kind of guessing. Um, but it seems like the uh, I forget the user's name, something soup, fandom soup. Yep. It seems like that fandom seems... soup, like you said, has a has a nice little committee of uh, yeah. advisors here. And this this bird definitely has a better chance than it might have had otherwise, unless the cat is the reason that the bird is separate from its family. Um, but sure. given the circumstances that you found the bird in, I think you're doing the best that you can. Um, mm -hmm. I would just Google, Google, Google the, um, I think there's the like Audubon society or something. There's some, something like that. Yeah. That's like a bird, you know, organization, um, would probably have great yeah. guidance on what to do in this situation. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up after this episode just to do my own research, <laughs> just in case I'm with a child who finds a bird or an adult who finds a bird and yeah. they're looking to help it. I think that, okay. yeah, I, I just want to say one last thing yeah, um, yeah, yeah. because obviously the level of expertise that we have about actually how to care for the bird point by point is pretty limited, yeah. but I would also just give mm. you the advice of, um, enjoy this like really beautiful connection with nature that you were gifted and, and this opportunity mm. to play such a fundamental role in something so vulnerable as life. Um, and just delight in it as much as you can. Yes. And if the bird dies, mm. um, you have people to talk to about it, and I hope that you can share your sadness or relief or whatever feeling comes up, whatever group of feelings do come up. Um, yeah, yeah. And know that you're giving it the best chance possible for this particular yes. set of circumstances. Yeah. And it's not your fault um, if this bird ultimately doesn't survive what was probably an extremely dramatic experience for it. Yeah. Exactly, being in a cat's mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Hope that Good helps. luck, fandom soup. Yeah. And fam. All right. Welcome to Free Advice. Let's play the music. Free advice. 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 Would you like free advice? Free advice. Free advice. Welcome 
back to episode 54 of Free Advice. That's Morgan Beard. And that's Rob Zaleski. That's right. We've got a good show today. Um, <laughs> I mean, we don't really know yet. <laughs> we don't really know what's going to go down, Animals. but we're excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, how you doing today, Morgan? What, what do you notice? Um, I'm good. I noticed that I'm smiling right now. I've hiked oh, up my good. pajama pants all the way up to my upper thighs to clear landing for my hands to rub the tops of my thighs for some reason. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's just what I noticed. It's kind of neutral like, observation. <laughs> like from mid thigh down to the knee? From, um, it's as if I'm wearing short shorts okay. now. But I've also got slipper socks on. So it's a really nice quarantine fashion statement, I think. You guys can't see Good. it, but. Are you, you comfortable? Yeah, I am. And I'm enjoying um, just kind of running my hands up and down my thighs, like on the surface of my skin. Sometimes I, I've noticed I do this um, anytime I'm talking, whether it's like on a coaching call or a phone call with a friend or, you know, this podcast or whatever. I like to have something sort of simple and physical and repetitive as almost mm-hmm. like a self-soothing kind of gesture that I'm doing at the same mm-hmm. time that I'm talking. I think it kind of like, I don't know if it helps me to focus, but it just kind of is something to channel any potential nervous energy into. Um, yes. Yeah. What do you notice? How are you? Um, well, on that topic first, I want to say that I I do a game with my hands where I tap my thumb to each of my fingers and just see how quickly I can go thumb to index, thumb to middle, thumb to ring, thumb to pinky, um, and like very light taps. It's something I saw the villain Gus from, uh, Breaking Bad doing, and I was like, that's a pretty badass move. I want to incorporate (laughs) that into my routine. (laughs) Um... Oh my doing. You know, I'm doing good. I uh I notice a crow cawing outside. I hope that the mic isn't picking it up, but it was all through that last segment. Could you hear it, Morgan? I could not hear it. No. Okay, How good. appropriate though. Yeah. The bird just There's reaching out trying to here. help. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's trying to help. I think he's just <laughs> doing hungry his own thing. or horny or probably in danger some, okay. some other kind what do you think i would like to hear hmm. um the difference what between a bird, a bird call that's hungry and a bird call that's horny your impression go okay hungry bird okay a horny bird <laughs> I love it. I feel like the first one, the hungry bird was a little bit more kind of sad and needy and yeah. the horny bird was a little more inquisitive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I think that's the difference. <laughs> well, I mean, you could be just as desperately needy for sexual contact or like a, a mate or whatever. I think the difference is wearing that heart on your sleeve makes it perhaps less likely to happen oh for birds whereas too? being i think so i think you don't that you, you don't want, want to seem like a bird <laughs> <laughs> i think you want to seem like you're doing good as a bird to yeah. attract other birds yeah um whereas uh, you're not attracting prey so mm. Mm-hmm. You just hunt in that. You can be as forthright with your intentions as you want when you're thinking about eating a worm. So do you think that we're anthropomorphizing birds or do we think it's a sign of all something that's true to all species that an attractive bird is a confident bird? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's a universal with some exceptions. Uh-huh. But I mean, Netflix has got an hour long doc on bird dances oh yeah i have seen the trailer for yeah 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 those birds look confident the way that they puff up Mm -hmm. and rock back and forth and Mm -hmm. they're not um they're not playing the card of like oh i'm so lonely won't someone come take care of me Mm -hmm. they're saying like 
puffing out their chests. They're getting all colorful. I got it going on. Yeah, exactly. You want to get in on this party? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. The best nest. <laughs> yeah, don't you think this feather was made by the best nest? Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Wait, like this, this feather was made? You, yeah, I don't know. You, like, like. You think that the nests make. <laughs> no. Well, well, like, well, okay. I, what I was kind of like trying to get at was like, you know, when you leave your house and you think you're like looking fly, there's kind of the assumption yeah. that like, okay, I've got it all together. Cause I kind of primped myself in an, in my home and I've got my home environment together. And that's what enabled me to like put myself on in this kind of way. It kind of like nourished me and supported me. No, okay. in, in, in less of a literal way. <laughs> I don't think that my okay. house made my clothes. <laughs> like you peeled off some wallpaper and glued it to your arms. <laughs> it was more of like the environment I live in is one that is supportive and nurturing and badass. And so therefore, like it's reflected gotcha. in how I'm showing up outside. Although there are a lot of people, I'm sure, and birds that <laughs> can go outside and be all put together, but their nest is in shambles or vice versa. Maybe they have a keep, right. keep a super clean nest, but they struggle with the self grooming. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably a pretty high correlation there, but you definitely get exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be unfortunate to be like a, you know, badass lady bird and see this like bird who seems like slick and like they've got their shit together and you go home to the nest and it's just like yeah. two sticks lying across each other and you're like, what the yeah. fuck? No good. <laughs> Uh, this is like a real bachelor pad (laughs) i really i keep wanting to weave in bird puns and then not really being able to think of anything in time um because i feel like it's really ripe you said something earlier where you were like said something about swooping in and i was like oh that was genius i don't even know if you meant to do it but Mm, mm. i don't think i did yeah i don't think you did either but it was. I got a prime. human question oh, for our it. human listeners. I feel like we've been pretty bird heavy. Our avian <laughs> fans are going to love the first part of the episode. But for the humans who are listening. Yeah, let's um, do it. What, what's the most uh, disappointing and impressive thing that you <laughs> can recognize in somebody's apartment? Say you're going mm. back. You're seeing somebody's mm-hmm. place for mm-hmm. the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What kind of thing really lets you down? <laughs> yep. And what's something that uh, unexpectedly delights? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So the you last. You can answer both or either question if it's too hard. Yeah. Sounds like you got an answer ready. So I don't know why I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've definitely had both experiences where I've gone back to someone's mm. place and been like, Oh no. Um, Uh and I've had the experience where I've gone back to someone's place and been like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, um, most recently, uh, the person whose place I went back to, I was very impressed with. Um, it was a nice Mm. building. They had, Mm. uh, really a nice space for themselves. Living alone obviously is not a privilege that everyone has, but coming home to someone's home where they're not sharing the space with anyone else does kind of make, at least for me, it makes me feel more comfortable because you're not like walking on eggshells around any other roommates. Um, So I had that experience. They had this gorgeous fireplace with all these like candles around it. um, And like the wax had, had dripped into these like formations and it just, it really felt very almost like palatial. Um, It was, it was cool. It just like, it felt like, ah, like a man lives here, you know, there was attention Mm -hmm. paid to the environment. Um, the drippy candles is what I'm getting. Yeah. I mean, I don't think every instance of drippy candles is necessarily like, you know, like don't just go after drippy candles as like the takeaway point. What do you have to do to, to really bring the drippy candles home? If that's your starting point. (laughs) Well, it's more of like the energy of it. It's like, oh, okay, Ah. this is someone who um, may be spiritual, which this may be, you know, something specific to me, but it's like, okay, this is someone who takes care to enjoy their environment, to provide things for themselves and create an environment for themselves where they are, you know, happy and fulfilled by it. I'm I'm making a lot of assumptions, but um, they had a big comfortable couch. um, Okay. 
Big the kitchen couch. was nice. Um, the bathroom nice was really nice, house. which a girl going into a guy's apartment, I think that's something where we've been trained to kind of drop the expectations on. <laughs> um, because a lot of times, like, people's bathrooms are nasty. Um, little hairs everywhere. I can't, I hate that. But if you're like a single dude living alone, it's like, and you shave every day, like, I get it. There's some allowance for mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. There were markers of other markers of good self care, like um, sort of well decorated, also with things that had like positive affirmations, kind of like you could see that this person was like trying Live, to laugh, love that type of thing on the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, the man, whatever the man version of that is. You know, I don't know. Eat, motivate, repeat. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually know what it said at all. Um, But again, it was less about the actual thing. Drive, guffaw, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to meet someone that has that mentality, that mantra. Uh. Someone who's thriving, guffawing, and fucking. I like that. Um, Again, it doesn't ensure success, um, but it's... It's more of like, okay, it's a nod to the fact that this person's taking care of themselves. They're surrounding themselves with like positive messaging, trying to mm-hmm. be a better person, the self-improvement angle. Um, All right. So tell me what, what are yeah, the conversely, apartment red flags? What have you? <laughs> conversely. Um, when there's an unflushed toilet. Oh, that's an error that I have a lot of compassion for. Um, really? Because. <laughs> you make that mistake a lot. Because you have somebody over <laughs> just a full toilet. Um, it's just, I guess if it's, if it's indicative of a mistake, like a lapse, a lapse versus <laughs> like, purposeful? this is what I always what do. If they, they thought you'd be interested. So they particularly <laughs> didn't flush it for you. In that case. Yeah. That's why it's really important to understand the intention and not just see things like just the book for the cover um but here's the twist it is legitimately interesting what's in the <laughs> like they've shit in the shape of jesus <laughs> <laughs> just just a mountain consistency is notable and like <laughs> you, you kind of are happy that you got to see it um i'm not so sure that that is necessarily how i would feel um all right but yeah so uh I had a situation where I went back to someone's place and this, yeah. this was not with the intention of having sex with them. This was just like was a convenient place to hang out, like just to chat. Um, mm-hmm. It was, I know I'll probably, I might get flack for this, um, but uh, I often do this as a first date, uh, have someone to my place or go to their place. And I rel- I trust myself and I trust I'm my judge of that. character. Well, not yet, not from you. You know that I do this. Um, but, you know, it's not necessarily wise for a uh, first date to go to someone's home environment where there's, you know, you don't know what you're walking into necessarily and um, whatever. But I felt super, com- I've, I've never had a situation where I've gone back to someone's place and felt unsafe. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this in this particular case, especially, I did mm-hmm. not feel unsafe. Um, and there's no there's no again, there's no judgment on like this being something that someone's doing wrong. It's just, ah, this was not a point of attractiveness for me. Um, what was it? I went back to their place and they had a significantly older male roommate, like just mm. like an old man that was just there. <laughs> not a relative. Not a relative. Um, Some type of a mentor or guru, perhaps? I think it was just a roommate. I think it wasn't any okay. type of relationship other than a roommate. I, I, I didn't ask too many questions. Um, and gotcha. then in his room, he had uh, all this stuff for his kid, which I didn't even know he had a kid. Um, and, I mean, it was actually, like, it was a lovely conversation. Um, you know, we talked a lot about his anxieties, about... Uh, early parenthood based on his relationship with his child's mother. Um, and mm-hmm. we talked about different things that were important to provide in that early stage of life. Like, I feel like I really put my like child psychologist hat on. <laughs> so it's kind of like a fun, kind of like a nice conversation. Um, but it wasn't something that I was like, Ooh, this is a really good fit for me dating wise. Yeah. It's probably appealing to him. For you to know all that stuff, right? 
he I think he responded to the advice like, you know, was grateful for the guidance. I mean, he kept asking mm-hmm. questions. So that's that's generally how I indicate if someone is like interested in a topic or not. Sure. <laughs> and I was like happy to help. And I just kind of like decided for myself that like, OK, this is what I'm going to get out of this date. I'm going to impart um, my the knowledge that I have on this person so that they can yes. feel more secure in their competence for taking care of their child. Mm. Yeah. Um, but knowing okay, for so myself, it wasn't going to lead to a second date. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. That's just the presence of an older roommate and a, a surprise child. Uh-huh. Things yeah. that you could go to somebody's apartment and, It'd be a bad surprise. Yeah. The other thing was that there was sort of a, and I think this is something that men are stereotypically more guilty of than women is, what? is not you for the record, not you. That's um, fine. Uh, Whatever it men, is. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of men will, uh, hmm. you know, get a couch, get a TV, get a bed, get a dresser, and then like, boom, done. And they're all like, dark colored and there's no real intentionality to like what looks good with what no other decoration it's just kind of like mm-hmm. man furniture man furniture man furniture and there's no cohesiveness or like stylistic choices like you don't know anything about them it's like they went into the sims and we're just like bloop 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 like generic thing <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. which is like fine. Not everyone has to care about that. But for me specifically, I'm someone who puts a lot of thought and energy into how a space like looks and feels, um, and really creating an environment. So, yeah. So picking like some type of, uh, style for this furniture to come in and then having it all adhere to that or what? Like I think it demonstrates self-knowledge. Art on the walls. I think whatever it is, is like it. it it just, it's the lack of intentionality behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, because someone, I think, who knows themselves as well as I do or as well as an ideal partner for me would, would have put more thought into, you know, whatever decisions that they're making and done in sort of an artful way or the, there's there's meaning or stories behind different objects and why they chose it. And I don't know, that's just something that I like and care about. And someone else, some other woman or man or whoever might not give a fuck about that. Right. So what about you? What, what for you walking into a woman's apartment are the red and green flags, so to speak? Big plant that doesn't have uh, any dying leaves on it. Mm. That's big, impressive, and um, as for a a no, a no, no. Um, I think if every one of the chairs has a hoodie on the back of it, like (laughs) the chairs are the the hooks for Mm. the sweatshirts, then yeah, it's a bad system. Because it's because they're not because they don't have a designated system for it. It's like the absence of more preparation Mm. or the how it looks is sloppy like what what's the problem with that i guess it's having all these hoodies out (laughs) you just don't want to see hoodies (laughs) on the chairs (laughs) one on a chair is fine (laughs) that's so funny you recently got a hook what oh i got a whole tree system Mm mm-hmm it's a six part hook from Ikea that looks like a tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put that on a door. So, uh, yeah, I've got plenty of room for people's hoodies and jackets and things, as long as they don't mind draping them on another person's on the hook just below. Mm. You're going to cross pollinate some jackets. Uh, Which used to, to be get fine. A new hook for COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are people not cool with their jackets touching each other anymore? Probably I gotta not. I got to spread out my hooks. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Well, you're not having that many people over anymore. Make it through this <laughs> pandemic without adjusting anything. <laughs> That's true. That's the upside. I'll just not have people over. Until until their jackets can touch. Until they're comfortable with their jackets laying upon one another, yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you would that you would count in this conversation? Particularly like 
and what does lighting. that indicate about the person? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people with too bright of lighting, like where it's either just dark or all the lights are on bright when there's uh. no like levels of dimness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a bother for me. It's just overhead lights on the light switch on the wall or nothing. Those are your two options. Ah. No. Is that because it's uncomfortable for you, sensory, sensorily? Okay, it's not because it, you think it indicates something about them that's unappealing. Um, well, it just it makes it hard to get into like a cozy state of mind or like a relaxed. Uh-huh. Still interacting with people. Um, yeah, it's like all the way on or all the way off, and you can't go like half speed. Mm-hmm. In that environment with your conversation, like <laughs> I like a twilight setting or mm-hmm. a, a sunrise setting in the room. Mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. Got you. What do you think about my lighting setup? It's great. Thank you. It's really good. I was just fishing for a Some, compliment. I know it's great. Sometimes <laughs> that one bulb is on near the TV and it's so bright that I'm distracted from the TV. I know exactly. If what you're there was some about. way to yep. frost that bulb or maybe paint it. Um, so I didn't see so much light come from it or, you know, just not have that bulb. Yeah. On, yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Overall, great lighting. Thank you. Um, how about we get into some questions from our future listeners? What do you say? I would love to. I say yes. All right. Um, here we got one from Muse 27. The three Z's. <laughs> Remember Muzzy, uh-huh. the um, language learning monster? Just we lost him feet. Yeah. Okay. You, you of do. course. The one phrase? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Muzay, 27, says, 21 male in a loving, committed relationship with 20 female, but I'm constantly upset that no one other than her seems to find me attractive. Oh. I've been in a relationship with a wonderful person who I love dearly. We've been dating for nearly six years now. That's placing him at about 15 when this started. Mm. And I feel as strongly about her as I always have. However, as of about a half a year ago, I feel very upset by the fact that, unlike her, no one outside of our relationship has ever seemed to have taken an interest in me. Mm -hmm. In terms of looks... I consider myself about a 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. This is obviously a vain thing to say, but I feel it is relevant to the post. I'm a bit above my ideal weight and am certainly not happy about it. Mm. I like to believe that as I lose weight, nearly 10 kilos less than when quarantine started, I will get over this insecurity and stop looking outwards for it. Mm. I just wanted advice as to if any of you have ever felt this way, and how best I should reframe my narrative. Okay, thank you, Muse27. I first want to say I love the way this question is stated. I love all of the numerical reference points. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I love that they're asking for help reframing it. Because even if they hadn't said that, that's sort of where my mind goes. Um, because I think that what you have is so amazing and enviable, which is a six year long relationship where you're still invested in each other and attracted to each other and in love, I assume. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's someone that a lot of people, something that a lot of people are myself included, um, (laughs) pining for. Um, and so some of the reframing I think is in returning to the gratitude that you have this amazing partnership. Um, but I also want to make sure that, you know, there's, there's plenty of room for you to still feel that dissatisfaction with the fact that you're not getting, um, external attention because whether you're single or with someone to to turn some heads. Yeah. And that's such a normal impulse, um, regardless of what your relationship status is. And I, I suspect that this is something that's more generally more true of, of men in relationships than women, because I think women are, are, uh, get, get praise all the time, you know, (laughs) unsolicited, um, for their appearance. And I suspect male or female, we want to feel like others 
are attracted to us or desire us, even if there's no ability to, you know, follow through on that because we're taken. Um, and my, uh, the crux of my advice, I think, goes to goes right to the fact that this seems to map to your dissatisfaction with how you look um, and your weight right now. Like you're saying, I think that you've particularly noticed it in the past few months, um, and you made the brilliant connection that oh, you know, maybe it's partially how I feel about myself rather than a real need for that external validation, um, and I. I think that in that same vein, I would, I would hesitate to, or I would, I would challenge you not to connect how attractive you feel with weight fluctuation, because I think that's something for our entire lives that kind of comes and goes with, with different seasons and different phases of our life. Um, so I would encourage you to look for the things about yourself that are more stable, that are attractive about you and to really get excited about that and maybe ask your partner, I know it's pretty vulnerable exercise, but to ask your partner, well, what are the things that turn you on about me? Or what are the things that you're the most Mm -hmm. attracted to about me? And, and it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be mental, spiritual, why the fuck not? Um, and to really reframe it that way, um, by pivoting your focus to the things that are more fundamentally you and are around not for good because we all die and turn to dust, but, you know, hang your hat on something a little bit more central than what your weight's doing. I uh, want to take a different approach to this and talk about how to get these compliments you're looking for. Good, good. That's the hole that I didn't fill. Go for it. Um, I think you got to expand your market mm-hmm. to older gay men <laughs> and older women in particular. Yes. People younger than you are, are just not going to be complimenting you. It's just something that they need the age and the, the confidence to learn that type of stuff. And kids these days just, you know, they're stuck in their phones. They'll like heart a picture that you put on the internet maybe, but... For in-person words of, oh, look at you, you fox, I think you're going to have to go to these other communities. Um, And a big discrepancy, yeah, between you and your girlfriend's experience may just be that, like, women are less likely to compliment a man's appearance casually. Right. Um, It's not something that we've uh, encultured ourselves to do. Yeah. yeah, I think you can post pictures of yourself on uh, Morgan. Didn't you yes. find a subreddit yes. recently? What was it called? Am I ugly? Am I ugly? I and what, what's the community there like? Do people yeah provide reassurance? Is it a nice place? A mean place? Okay, yeah. So I since we use Reddit for uh, to gather advice questions, I had never really used Reddit for anything else. And I was delighted to explore some other subreddits, um, over the past week. And one of the ones I found to my utter tickling, um, was a subreddit (laughs) called am I ugly? And it is just people very earnestly and vulnerably posting pictures of themselves and saying maybe some commentary about, uh, you know, okay, maybe I, I don't, I don't like my nose. Do I need a nose job? What can I, what other suggestions do you have for maybe like, how can I do my makeup better? A lot of times it's, Mm -hmm. it's not just, here's a picture of me. Am I ugly? Um, sometimes it is, but it's often sort of requesting particular feedback. Um, and while I I think it, it seems what I've gathered from my very cursory research is that explicit, compliment fishing is not really um not smiled upon yeah it's it's not really smiled upon exactly it's not like frowned upon because that's kind of what everyone's doing to some extent um (laughs) but but the the responses seem extremely um sort of considered and they address the um 
what the person is really asking for. So if you have a specific Mm -hmm. question about maybe your weight or something, you could include that. I mean, of course you're leaving yourself open to maybe there is going to be some jackass who's going to come in and be like, yeah, you fat tard or I don't know, whatever you have to be able to handle that. Cause it could happen. Um, yeah. it says more about them than it does you, but you know, whatever, take it all with a grain of salt. But there really do seem to be some like earnest people there that will help reflect back to you. Maybe, uh, Oh, okay. Like actually I see it this way and Oh, like you actually have a really nice face or, you know, to, to draw attention to something that you may not recognize as something that someone else would consider, um, a nice asset when you're fixated on something that, you know, kind of gives you grief. So I was thinking of recommending that. Um, it's certainly something that you could do. Um, but you know, there's, there's risk reward, uh, analysis to be calculated mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. I've got, uh, one more angle. Okay. For this, I love it. Which is you could find somebody who looks kind of like you, <gasps> who's a celebrity, and then read nice things that people are, are writing about them. Mm. Say that you look a little bit like Vin Diesel or um, like Tom Holland or uh, that's the Spider-Man guy, right? I have no idea. Or uh, Timothy Chalamet. Hey, oh, you know, he's a I don't know who exactly you look exactly, who you think who you've been compared to, mm-hmm. but um, you can claim the compliments. Imagine that they're coming to you whenever you read or hear people saying nice things about that person. You're like, oh, yeah, he's one like me. Whatever people like about him, they probably kind of like about me too. Yeah. Um, sort of jumping off of that. Um, okay. I would, uh, I would also look at your analysis of you've given yourself a 6 out of 10, right? So you're mm-hmm. – you're only missing four points. You've got six points. So I would investigate for yourself. What made you give you, give yourself those six points? Like what are the parts of you that do, uh, elicit an understanding that, Oh, this is an attractive quality. So maybe Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on your weight, your height or the shape of your face or your eyes, Um, you know, I don't know what those features are for you, but to, to try to see, see past just what you think isn't the negative stuff. And which is something that we're obviously as humans, the way that we evolved is to fixate on the things that aren't right to better ourselves and optimize ourselves and avoid danger. But, you know, there's really not an evolutionary payoff for noticing and celebrating what we like about ourselves. So, you have to actively disrupt that that negative critical process and replace it with something that's more positive. So what are the six out of ten things that you're doing right? Mm-hmm. You're not doing it There's right necessarily, of, but, you know, that you got gifted with. <laughs> yeah. Um, the things that you can appreciate that just are uh, marks of beauty. Um mm-hmm. There's a way of looking at human appearance like trees. I'm sure you've heard this before. Never. That um well even unusually shaped or formed trees have a, a certain curiosity and beauty to them. Yeah. Right? Like I don't think you can imagine a, a hideous tree. Um <laughs> <laughs> Don't you try now. <laughs> don't prove me wrong by thinking of one. I can't. Yeah. Trees are are all beautiful. Um, Some are smaller, have more leaves or less leaves or different shapes. But you can look at humans like you look at trees. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's easier when you're in a non-sexual, judgmental state of mind (laughs) trying to make a sexual decision like that. Which tree um, should I fuck? (laughs) Well, come on, Morgan. Let's... Please, let's be a little bit more... Adults? Uh, yes, please. Come on. Uh, this podcast is about sticking to the point and not talking about sex. <laughs> we don't... This isn't the tree fuck podcast, okay? <laughs> tree advice. <laughs> okay. Hey. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I want to say about that. There are so many things to appreciate on the human body. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a tree. And I think another one of one last thing I want to say is 
Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to receive more love and affection and affirmation, give more love and affection and affirmation. Um, yes. Just as a rule. You can uh, play the game where every person that passes, you try to make an argument for why that person is a nine or a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yes. It's sort of a, um, a, a version of the ethical slut game where you uh, look at you if you're sitting in an airport or something. Is that is that what it is? Where you look look at the people going by and you wonder like what's lovable about this person? Why does their what does their yeah, partner think is I most attractive? You could draw a connection between the game I've proposed and that game. Yes, yes. I think it's a really nice way of like just generating good vibes towards someone. Um, and I think that there's sort of a karmic a karmic reward for doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to... I think when you evaluate something as positive or negative, that kind of bleeds into other things, other people, other situations, whatever happens next, that uh, just having positive opinions, that kind of seeps into how you feel about yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think it reorients your framework, which is exactly Mm -hmm. what you're asking to do. Um, okay. We got time for one more. I love it. Let's do it. And it's a doozy. Are you ready for it? I'm so ready. Have I ever told you that, um, my mom's like euphemistic word for vagina was doozy or vulva, I guess was doozy. Doozy. Yeah. Doozy. It used to make me really cringe when anyone would say doozy because it would remind me of that. Thank you for repeating it so many times. Sorry. I've gotten over it, but I just, it's just like a weird little anecdote from my childhood. (laughs) Anyway. I, yeah, I'm trying to do has like a poop. Yeah. Uh, you know, like do do doozy sounds kind of like douchey. Well, I Um, mean, and it's also, it's also a, the definition is like, Oh, it's a real problem. It's a real complicated oh, mess that's where she was going. That's the way that she, a doozy she, like that whole thing is a doozy. Well, I don't know if she was actually trying to refer to, like to build in that meaning, but you know, it, it, I think it's inextricably attached to a negative meaning, which I'm now realizing. I mean, she had a definitely a negative, um, you know, sort of anti-sexual, <laughs> Um, everything is dirty, messy, gross kind of attitude. (laughs) She was a bit of a doozy Nazi. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, All right. I will, I will come up with other uh, synonyms for you then. Like, thank you. This one's a real clam hat. Quagmire (laughs) clam hat. (laughs) That doesn't remind me of a vagina at all. (laughs) Clam hat. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. Let's hear it. I rage at games a lot. Mm. Says, had to tell my parent I want to move in with my other parent. I've been thinking about moving in with my other parent for maybe about two years now. I've lived with my dad since my parents split up in about 2012, I think. I want to change, and I think it will be good for me, but I really don't want to hurt my dad's feelings. We get on all right, but when we do argue, it's usually bad. I don't know how to tell him without it blowing up, so I was hoping someone could help me here. Hmm. I think you're right to call this one a doozy. This is definitely a complicated question with a lot of um, sensitivity required in the the way that uh, this person approaches it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think you have to get straight with yourself first about why you want to do this. Um, You might not have all the information yet. You might have to live with your other parent, I'm assuming mother, to uh, figure this out. To mm. figure out whether that's what you really want or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably spent some time with them and have some point of reference to compare the two. So I think writing that out for yourself first is a uh, 
great starting point. And um, then focusing on the things that you want to gain from living with the other parent rather than the mm. things that you want to avoid um, if you were to stay with your dad is probably the best way to uh, approach this with him. But you may not be able to guarantee his reaction um, will be supportive or non-defensive. Um, yeah. That is a possibility. Yeah, I think you can't guarantee really anything about his reaction. Um, all you can really do, all you can really control is what are you going to say? How are you going to yeah. start the conversation? Um, and yeah, I think, Rob, you made a great point um, about focusing on what you stand to gain. And I, I think even built into the question, you said, I just want to change. I think a change will be good for me. How, he can't argue that. <laughs> like he, he can't argue that it wouldn't be different. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also, I mean, I would want to know more information too about like, what would the setup look like at your mom's? You know, I don't know what your, mm -hmm. your room is like, or who are you sharing the space with at your dad's versus what would the space look like at your mom's? Like, is your mom actually prepared to take you, uh, in or I think what phase are we in here? <laughs> yeah. If you haven't yet cleared it with your mom, I think you should probably talk to your mom about it first. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they don't think it's a good idea, then it's going to be a non-starter. It might be a non-starter. Exactly. Good. I love the um, word non-starter. <laughs> not not worth broaching with your dad if yeah. it can't happen anyway. Um, I don't. I'm going to put a fun counterpoint. Fun counterpoint. Um, okay. <laughs> even even if um, even if it doesn't actually result in any change, I think it's still worthwhile for you to do the investigation of for yourself why might it be good for you to live with your mom and uh you know maybe what are you if it if it ends up that you do need to stay with your dad maybe having a conversation with him about what you might like to implement um about your living yeah. situation at home because i'm sure there are things that you guys could both participate in that would make it great for everyone. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, I think so many times we approach a difficult conversation anticipating that it's going to be somehow a win lose. Um, mm -hmm. and I think having the optimism of, of preparing for a win win can, can be helpful because maybe there is something that you can do within your environment at your dad's that will feel like a change. And what, what is it about the change idea that excites you or what, what specifically do you want to change? What are the areas that aren't currently working for you or where maybe you feel bored or stale or just in doing that deeper investigation for yourself of what is prompting me to want this change right now? Yeah, exactly. Um, and one way you can approach this is, uh, just asking your dad for help with mm. a feeling of stagnation that maybe your request isn't attached to living with the other parent. Um, or maybe it gets there, mm -hmm. but, uh, there could be other smaller scale changes you could make, maybe switching rooms in the house or reorganizing, or it has more to do with, um, your ability to see friends and mm. social access, like mm -hmm. access That's to a, a car or, you know, the uh, ability for him to take you to go see people after school or, um, all those things might provide the change that you're, some of the change you're looking for at least. Yeah. Um, That's a really good point about what, not just what isn't, is, uh, available to you within the environments, the home environments, but what else do you have mm -hmm. access to based on where your mom and dad live respectively? Cause we, obviously we don't right. know. We also don't know how old this person is. Um, so I, I kind of wish we had that information. So we would know a little bit more about maybe like what might they be going through in their life? Like, you know, what state phase of life they're in and, and why it I'm might make sense. I'm guessing early teens. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I was assuming. Um, in which case it's very, normal, um, and appropriate 
<clears throat> that you would be wanting there to be some uh, adaptation to this new phase of life that you're entering into. And maybe mid teens, maybe. Yeah, maybe you want more independence. Um, well, they said that they've been living with their dad since 2012 when they got divorced. So this person at least has a working memory for eight years. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so yeah, thinking about like, what do you want for yourself? based on, you know, the age you're in and maybe what your peers are doing and, and how can that be better reflected in maybe the rules at home? Um, mm -hmm. and how, how can those rules or boundaries or principles or guidelines more accurately reflect what your experience has been as you've matured over those eight years? And I think that bringing mm -hmm. that conversation to your dad will also demonstrate the maturity that, hopefully will allow him to take your viewpoint into consideration. Yes. Um, one thing that may seem obvious is just a list of things you're grateful for about your dad will mm -hmm. certainly make him more receptive or, or is likely mm -hmm. to make him more receptive. Mm -hmm. Any requests you have for changes is just to, if he feels like you don't appreciate anything, mm -hmm. then that yeah. could put him in more of a defensive stance. Then I'm sure that there are things that you do appreciate, as you um, imply, <clears throat> that you guys get on all right yeah. in the question. Yeah, and I think that like a supplement to that 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 dad might find really valuable is if you even offer like, hey, here are some ways I could help you like around the house or, you know, just in my attitude or wh whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. if it's, if it's more of a mutual negotiation versus like, I need you to do this, 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 um, I think that that yeah. also kind of sets the foundation up for a positive exchange. I agree. Yeah. Like starting it as a discussion of how we can help each other Yeah. rather than a, a demand that you're making from an assumingly uncooperative partner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I have this like. I mean, I don't know what the circumstances are. I mean, it could be, it could be something, um, negative or, you know, traumatic even that happened because you alluded to some arguing, but part of me feels a little bit excited for you to kind of stake your claim on something new. Um, yeah. I, I feel, I feel a little bit of that anticipation for you as you think about what do you want for yourself in the next you know few years or however long you're going to be living with your dad. Um, those points of reevaluation can be really fruitful ground. Mm hmm. Yeah. An opportunity for change and growth. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Thank you. I rage at games a lot. I and should have thought about that in my answer, like rage at games a lot. Okay. That points to the age potentially. <laughs> hey, let me tell you as an Xbox live user, people rage at games. <laughs> any age, any age. Rage does not define age. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be young to get upset at a game. Right. No, I was thinking to be older. More, though, with years of experience. Oh, really? I was thinking you it think pointed older to people some... rage at games. No, I just thought like, okay, that points to someone maybe who's not like I don't know, ten. Maybe someone who's a little older. Yeah, you know. Uh, because ten-year-olds aren't in games, or because they haven't discovered rage or fully expressed it. <laughs> which, honestly which i wish i had said that because i have no idea <laughs> okay sorry i didn't mean to no, no. end the episode on a gotcha journalism no. moment but uh ooh, gotcha no, no. <laughs> it's cool i don't feel like got really i just i just said something okay. and then didn't have so much well to our back listeners it up, but, know um <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what age uh, what age that points to i've never been a rager at games really never been a sore loser oh that's fair i've i've been a sore loser i don't it's never really like manifested Called the whole in rage. game stupid when you were when you lost this whole thing is dumb anyway um i'm not that i'm more of like a quiet sufferer where i then just have kind mm. of an attitude that no one's that excited about myself included throughout the rest of the game you know like i can't hide the fact that i'm upset <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm not like throwing things which is like yes not to say that that's better or worse it's just internalizing it versus externalizing it yeah um, i think these days though i'm i'm happy i think anyone who signs up to play a game is a winner because it's fun um mm. so i'm a little less like you know, 
uh, intense about needing to win or anything. And I can, I, I can feel happy for whoever I'm playing the game with that they've won. Um, I used you're to, you're not playing games where your pride's on the line. Yeah. My pride is like no longer on the line. I did. I will say I do have okay. like vivid, vivid, um, recollections though, of the first phase of playing settlers of Catan, uh, with my now yeah. ex-boyfriend. Um, and we would like, I would get, I would lose over this is when I was first learning to play and I would just lose over and over and over again and I I could not help but be so upset because it's like you invest so much like the strategy throughout the whole game and then you just watch them dominate you and you can't like there's a point in settlers where you just kind of can't come back because you're so far behind and like success builds on success um, uh, you know, and you're just watching it slip away and you're just getting pounded into the earth and you're just like, I hate this. I already want to yeah, start over and play the next, like play when, again. <laughs> one defeat is certain. I don't think the game should continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a theory. I don't know. But just then, a yeah. guiding principle for game design. Like if <laughs> yeah. There's no way for a player to come back. Then you just have basically dead time where there are no stakes in the game and no one's there's yeah. no intrigue, no, no mystery pulling it forward. It's just, okay, well, we're going to go through the motions to finish this out now. It's but. like roadkill just being stuck on the truck tire. Yes. <laughs> just yeah. smacking against the pavement. <laughs> yes. Just bulging eyeballs. <laughs> we get it. It's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like some people might take joy out of that, out of like being like, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. I don't know. Mm -hmm. This, this person I think did enjoy beating the crap out of me. Um, I want to play code names (gasps) online. Oh, I know. I know how to do that. Okay. I I haven't done it yet. I have a link. I've, I played poker online Mm -hmm. last night Mm -hmm. and, um, that was cool. And I want to play code names now. Okay, I've got it. And for our listeners, in case they also want to play code names online, yeah, what, um, you're going to put in the episode description. Oh, I was just going to say it's horsepaste.com. <laughs> it's very weird. No, horsepaste, horsepaste, horsepaste.com slash wines, W I N E S hyphen comfortable. That is the link for playing code names <laughs> online. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Why is it so weird? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I really wanted to share that. Um, we right. we did that as a friend and as 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 a group of friends, and it was very fun. And we all also were uh, weirded out by how strange the URL was. <laughs> Similarly, mm-hmm. I've found the best way to play poker online, mm-hmm. and it is to be on Zoom on your computers, on your laptops mm-hmm. with the cameras, mm-hmm. and then on your iPhone, iPad, or other mobile device, download the app called Poker 2, and poker is spelled with four R's. Of course. And then there's a space, <laughs> and then there's a two. Poker 2. Okay. Amazing. You play a two-hour game that way. Robust feature set. Um, is it Poker yeah, 2 because it's two hours? Uh, I don't think. Unrelated. Yeah, I think it's just the sequel to the original <laughs> poker with four R's. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another week. Yeah. Thank you, Morgan, for really bringing such light and joy to the show. And <laughs> especially, with the, especially with the roadkill metaphor. <laughs> the roadkill thing was funny. You had some personal revelations. It took us a couple walks down memory lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for thanking me and thank you for mm. bringing yourself to this episode. I always appreciate You're our welcome. conversations and I love the balance of, you know, I feel like there are some weeks where like I am struggling more to kind of come up with content or feel com- comfortable just spewing out words and like you kind of yeah. take the lead and vice versa. Um, and uh-huh. yeah, this is a sidecar week for me. A sidecar. 
I had. <laughs> Both of us got those aviator goggles on, though. <laughs> we are ready to fly. Cruising. Uh, but yeah. Oh, and. Oh, that'd be so fun. Oh, so fun. Um, Renting a motorcycle with a sidecar and just driving it around the country with your best friend. Oh, but, let's do that. I don't know if COVID's the right time. But sure, someday in the next five years. Okay, we'll you know I'm not saying like tomorrow. Let's pack up and okay, do it. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> there was no implied time frame. Bone to be wild. All right. That should be tight. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll play that through the, the motorcycle speakers. <laughs> we should just make a playlist of all songs that are like used in like truck commercials yeah wild thing that's another good one bad to the bone and we're getting like the rubber lips like yeah from the wind, right? Yeah, yeah, from the wind. From the wind. <laughs> Definitely from the wind. We could, we, could, we could be wearing those, like, lip-up things from that one video game. <laughs> Thank you.